morning. So guys, I realized this morning as I woke up at like 7 that it was cold. And I've been here for four months. I've lived in Texas for four months. I finally got my license. The DMV is awful. But I've been here for four months. And I'm just like, wow, like, what have I done in four months? Well, got a car, got an apartment, you know. Came to a church, the youth and family minister, getting to meet everybody, know everybody. People giving me a hard time for looking like I'm 15. I promise I'm 22. And I'm making a lot of friends. Now, that's really easy for me to do. I can meet some people, and I'm really, I don't know what it is, but people say I have a warm personality. So I'm just like, oh, hi, my name's Brendan. What's your name? Okay, well, you ruined my illustration, man. No. <laughs> no, so in high school, I had some really close friends. Uh, their names were Julie and Brian. And we went on a mission trip when we were juniors in high school. And we went to Salt Lake City, Utah. And we drove in a van with our youth minister and his wife for 20 hours. Now, at the end of that road trip and everything, you either hate each other or you love each other. I don't know which one it is. No, no we're best friends. I talk to him still to this day. In college, me and Brian went to the same college. We both went to SLCC. We weren't roommates, but our final semester, we lived across the hall from each other. And he was always in my room. And I had a bigger TV, so he brought his PlayStation in my room. And I woke up one morning at 3 in the morning and was playing his PlayStation. I kid you not. I also met some more friends in college. I met one of my friends. Uh, they were leading worship at a camp. And I thought they hated me. That was Shelby. <laughs> no. But in college and in high school, I'm making really good friends, right? And, and even now, 22, living, 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 loving, living in a new state, making really close friends. I personally think that one of things, one of the things God blesses us, blesses us with is friendship. Is that close friendship you have your like inner circle and then you have the other outer circle and there's friends who are like, oh hey bud, how's it going? I really don't know you, so I'm gonna walk off, right? So <laughs> in college I was an intern. And I was so close with my friend John and Brian. John was a intern at a church I was at too. And he had to work on a BBS sign. Now, he was working all day, and the sign was a monster to tackle. It was this huge, like, I want to say 8 by 8 sign, and he had to tape it, and he had to do all this stuff, and the wind was blowing, like kind of like that tornado we had, and all the letters ripped off. And I was like, John's like so mad, right? He's sitting here like, I don't know what to do. I'm trusting in God with this. Hopefully, like, I'm not getting angry. And I go, John, 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 what? I go, let me take care of it. Why? John, let me help you. Mind you, I was at the church from 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. the next day. I was super tired, but I was like, John, let me serve you in this. I want to help you. Don't worry about it. So he's sitting there drinking some coffee or whatever, and I'm there taping letters on this side with clear tape. And I put it in the ground. I go, it's done. He's like, is it? I go, yes, I'm not messing with it anymore. And as I was sitting here reading over my sermon and everything, I thought of all these friendships, and I thought, God, like, you really do bless us with a lot of friendships. And there's one guy in the Bible who's had really good friendships. That was David. So <laughs> we're going to read about David and his mighty men, some of his close friends in 2 Samuel 23. So turn there. I'm going to pray, and we'll dive in. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this cool weather. Thank you for letting me get to preach your word. God, uh... Let your message impact my heart as 
well as congregations. God, thank you for all that you do in our lives. In your son's wonderful name I pray. Amen. So I also had other close friends in college. They let me do laundry at their house, and it was great because I saved a lot of money. <laughs> so one of my favorite things about seeing God use friendships is seeing friendships in the Bible. So that's why I saw David and his friendships. So David had a number of friends. There was Jonathan. Now, that was a really interesting friendship. They loved each other. They were like brothers. They weren't related. But it was really awkward because Jonathan's dad wanted to kill David. Now, I never had that. However, I had a similar story where my friend covered for me so his parents wouldn't kill me. We thought we were smart. We were about, like, Grayson's age. And we were playing with BB guns. Never good. And we were, like, trying to, like, hit targets. We were, like, on our bellies, like, on our backs, upside down, whatever. And he's like, I'm going to ricochet off this window on this old truck that they had. I was like, well, I'll do that. It was bad. So I shot it, and I broke the window. <laughs> Have you ever seen Glass Shatter? It's really cool. However, in that moment, I was like, jaw hit the ground. I was like, oh, no. So my friend covered for me. His dad knew about it, and his dad later told us when we graduated high school. He goes, hey, by the way, I know about the truck. Okay, that's great. So I didn't have one of my friend's dad try to kill me. However, I thought he was going to. David also had some really other close friends, his mighty men. So you know King David, the guy who fought Goliath and just for size comparison. Grayson, stand up real quick. You want to come stand next week? Run. Come on. So just size comparison. If I'm Goliath, here's David. <laughs> Do you think you can take me? All right, sit right there. I'm not using you in a little bit, too. So anyway, so the same king is terrified, right? And he has mighty men. We're going to get there. So in chapter 23, verse 8, these are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josheb, Bathsebeth, a Tachamonite. He was a chief of the three. He willed his spear against 800, whom he killed at one time. Hold up. This man killed 300 men with one spear? Did he, like, javelin throw it? I don't know. And then in 1 Chronicles 11, you guys don't have to turn there. His name is Joshabim, a Hakamanite, who was a chief of three. He wielded a spear against 300, whom he killed at one time. Now, what's really interesting about this, in another translation, he has a nickname, like Adino the Isnite. And it's just like, what? Like, why are there two different names? So basically what it was was, if I told Mickey, oh, yeah, I caught a fish that was this big. And then Mickey told Kyle, oh, yeah, Brendan caught a fish this big. The authors had different stories, but this is the same person. The moral of the story is he killed a lot of men with a spear. That's a really big challenge I'm not going to do. I don't want to do that. If you guys want to, that's up to you, but I don't encourage it. <laughs> Moving on. And next to him among the three mighty men was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the son of Ahoya. He was with David when they defiled the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. <laughs> and the men of Israel withdrew. He rose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clung to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the men returned after him only to strip the slain. So this man with David doesn't run like the other men of Israel do. However, his hand is so cramped up around his sword, he can't drop it. You know, it's kind of like when a little kid plays video games and you tell them, hey, put down the video games and they like, cling onto that iPad or something. They're like, I can't let go of it. That was me when I was a kid. Fun facts, anyways. But they cling on to it, right? Or maybe it's Legos, right, Grayson? 
Yeah. Right. So this man, he's trying to cling onto his sword. He's holding onto it, and he's like, I'm not going to give him the credit. I'm serving David, but I'm giving the credit to God. God brought about a great victory. I would call that a great victory. But he was serving David here. And next to him was Shema, the son of Adji the Herite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where there was a plot of ground full of lentils, and the men fled from the Philistines. But he took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines. This man stood in a plot of ground. I'm imagining like with a, like a garden hoe, and like, like come at me Philistines kind of thing, like get off my lawn kind of thing. Like you would yell at a little kid, right? Like get off my lawn. So I thought that was really pretty fun. So Grayson, come back up here. So the power of the Philistine army is like, if I could pick Grayson up, Okay, all that power. Gracie, you want to try to pick me up? No. There you go. <laughs> but one man took down the Philistine army. He was like, I'm going to stand here. And are you going to stand here? You don't have to. <laughs> he said, sure. No, good. good. Thank you, Grayson. But this one man took down the Philistine army. What in the world? These three men took down an army that the rest of them ran. What's really interesting about this is that these three men were like David's top, like cream of the crop, right? Like military rankings, you know, you have like the really close, high up people, like five-star general, like I don't know military rankings. So the, under that, right under, right? So David's the king and everything, and there's three men serving him still. That's insane. Why would three men just, so insane. We later read in 13, oh no, sorry. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. In 18 through 20, there's two other men, Abishai and Zerai. And they're just right under, right under the three. They talk about great victories that they brought. They mention um, Zerai wielded, or, sorry, Abishai wielded his spear against 300 men and killed them and won the name besides the three. And Benaniah, sorry, it's not uh, Zeriah. Benaniah was a valiant man of uh, Kabzel. A doer of great deeds. He struck down two aerials of Moab. Oh, not to mention he also went down and struck a lion in a pit on a day when snow had fallen. What? So David had some pretty mighty men. He had some people who would fight for him even on a snowy day in a pit with a lion. That's insane to me. I wouldn't do that. But they did. Flipping back over to... Oh, I'm about to read 13 through... 17. So. But, so David had these great men. They served with him. They were fighting alongside him. And they wouldn't give up. In 13, and three of the 30 chief men went down and came about harvest time to David at the cave at Adullam, when a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephim. David was, in, was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem. So David, this king who took down Goliath, the, the size comparison of me and Grayson, right, is hiding in a cave because he's scared and he's trying to what, figure out what to do against this Philistine army, right? So we're continuing on. And David said longingly, Oh, someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. So David's wanting this water. He's thirsty. He's wanting all of this. Now we're going to jump back, back down to where, why he wanted water here. But continuing on 16, 
Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew out the water from the well in Bethlehem that was by the gate, and carried it and brought it to David. But he would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it for me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. So these three mighty men loved David so much, served David so much, they're like, hey, you want water? I'm going to run down to this Philistine camp, and I'm going to go get it for you. Huh? Now, why, why did David want water from the, the well of Bethlehem? Well, that was home to him. That was, Bethlehem was his home city, right? That well is wherever he would go meet God. And he would get water there and just have a heart-to-heart with God. Like, God, I'm tired of all this. Like, being a king is rough. I don't know why people want me to kill another Goliath. Everything else, right? We learned that. What did you guys learn in Sunday school today? David had Bathsheba and everything. Probably went to the well and be like, God, I'm really sorry about this. I done goofed. David goofed all the time. It's fine. Right? But this was home to David. This was David's, like, place where he could go back to God from serving, from being the king or whatever, to back to normal from when he was a shepherd. And having that heart-to-heart with God and praying with him, right? Praying to him. And these three mighty men go, David, we love you so much. We're going to run down to this well and get water for you. It's insane. Why would they do that? Well, they wanted to serve him. They were, they, they, he was their king. He was their friend. They loved him. So why not? Now, what's really interesting is that David gets the water. He looks at them and he's like, I can't drink this. Hold up. If I run somewhere, if the loves need something, I run all the way to, I'm thinking of a town far away, uh, New Mexico to grab something for them. I come back. I'm like, hey, here's this thing that you needed. They're like, ah, we can't take this. I don't want it anymore. I'm going to be a little upset. Wouldn't you be upset? If you ran somewhere, got something for a friend, they're like, I can't take this. Well, David did it for a reason. David couldn't drink the water. Because the Philistines were like, hey, someone took water from our well. They were going to hunt him down. They were going to kill his friends. So David serving his friends wanted to protect them. What in the world? Now, where else do we see three serving one or one serving three? One of my favorite passages in Scripture is Mark. Mark chapter 9, when Jesus is on the mount to transfigure. There's Peter, James, and John. Now, I think it's interesting that David had three close guys. Jesus had three closer disciples, right? So Peter, James, and John was always with him. They served with him. They loved him. And then Jesus served him right back and died on the cross for him, right? Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. So the main thing is serving. Serving is what we should do. We see Joshua, Eleazar, Shema serving David when he's in a cave, when he's fighting with his back against the wall. They're like, hey, we're not going to give up. We're going to be here. We're going to fight with you. Jesus served them. Served the disciples, right? Hey, let me wash your feet. Now, whenever they wash feet, they walked in a lot of nasty stuff. I don't like feet. I wouldn't touch people's feet. But I've washed feet before, and it's very interesting. But serving in that capacity, people look at you different. They're like, wow, like, I need to serve more like that person. But they turn it right back to God, right? Whenever, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, uh, ironic or a coincidence that it says the Lord brought about brought a great victory 
the Lord brought a great victory. He gave them a great victory. They were serving him, and the Lord does big things. When we serve God, the Lord does big things. When we serve, we have a servant's heart. It's running down to the Philistine camp. I'm not, I don't think the Philistines are still around. It's not being afraid to serve. It's going above and beyond. No matter what your background is or was, you can still serve. So I encourage you to serve boldly, serve humbly, have courage when you serve. Just like the three mighty men did. Just like the three disciples served Jesus and vice versa when David served them. When Jesus served the disciples. So a part of this also hit home for me whenever David was wanting water at the well. Because it's home to him. It's having that place you can go to God. When I was in high school, I loved driving around. I had a 98 Chevy Silverado. It was a rust bucket. I kid you not, the frame was rusting. It was bad. But hey, I would drive that thing to the ground. And I would drive, and I would have that conversation with God. And be like, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to serve? What do you want me to do? That's why I decided to serve with my friends and go to Salt Lake City. I decided to serve and go to St. Louis Christian College. That's why I decided to serve and come to Texas. I encourage you guys to serve. Find that way to serve. Just like, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to go kill 300 men with a spear. Make the, I just want to make that clear. However, there's more ways to serve than just that. There's more ways to serve than just to sit here on Sunday, sing a couple songs. Man, I feel great. I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I can't say Chick-fil-A because they're closed, but Canes or whatever, right? But having a servant's heart, you can see that in the scripture in 2 Samuel. Not being afraid to serve. Those three mighty men had some great courage, and they ran through the Philistine camp. They were probably terrified, but they're like, hey, I want to serve, right? No matter what your background is, no matter, no matter what your background was, you can still serve. If you don't know how to serve, ask people. Ask your friends. Hey, how can I help serve you? Or how can I serve with the church with you? Something, right? David was still serving them in the midst of a trial. David was still willing to serve with a servant's heart, even though he was longing for water. He wanted this water so badly. I want some water right now because I'm sweating up here, but it's fine. <laughs> David's men served boldly. They had courage and dedication because they were loyal to David, and more importantly, they were loyal to God. And whenever we serve, we're showing our loyalty to God. Whenever we serve, we show... People look at us different. They're like, wait a minute. Who, who's Kimberly? Who's Kyle? What are they doing? Who's Glenn, Jennifer, Mickey and Kay, Marianne, whoever? And it's a great encouragement whenever people serve together. I guarantee you they had some great stories back then. Whenever those three were done serving, they're like, hey, remember that time when we defeated all the Philistines? Oh, yeah, man, that was great. You know, it's kind of like the fishing stories. It's kind of like those high school stories with your buddies or college stories with your buddies, right? But serving with your friends is so important. Serving with the people that you love is so important. Serving the God who died on the cross for my sins and for your sins is so important. (laughs) So I encourage you, find a way to serve. Ask people how to serve. Serve boldly, serve humbly, and with dedication. I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day, Lord. God, thank you for letting me be able to speak in front of people. Lord, I thank you for all you do. God, I thank you for showing us encouragement stories of serving, even throughout the whole the Bible, in, in your, even in your word. God, we thank you for all that you do. We love you. We praise your name. Your son's one for me. We pray. Amen.